Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres are getting ready to wrap up the first half of the home and home up in Seattle before coming back to Petco. And hosting our program, it's the man best suited to talk Padres for just 60 minutes. It's Mike Janella. Anything more than that and, uh, you know, the milk spoils. Alongside Mike, we've got Bob Scanlon, who's all about day games. I got a couple of donuts in my tummy. It just gets me going. I'm ready to go, man. And rounding out the crew, keeping it classy, it's Chris Ello. I think the three of us together look like one really sharp dress. I like the casino tie. Casino deal? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. good job keeping the ties going too, Chris. That's all, every one of your shows now. Let's see if I can make it through this season. I don't know. I like it. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Chris Ello. Good morning and happy, what is it today, Tuesday? That Memorial Day Monday yesterday, I think, throwing me all, throwing me all off, yeah. Uh, how's it going? Welcome to Padres Social Hour, the Padres and the Mariners. It's either the finale of a two-game series or game two of a four-game series, depending how you look at it. What, what side yeah, what's your take on that, you guys Chris? Fall on? Well, my take on it, first of all, is I don't like it, but I guess it's the finale of a two-game series. All right. I mean, you stop and you start over on Wednesday. Even though in the playoffs, it's still one series when you go to different parks. But I guess now in the regular playoffs. season. <laughs> well, you know. I forgot how the playoffs yeah, work. Exactly. <laughs> I don't remember anything uh, about the playoffs. Uh, welcome to Padre Social Hour. Chris Ello keeping his tie streak alive. Looking good. Staying Somehow. classy. Looking sharp Somehow. as always. Somehow. And nice. Bob Scanlon <laughs> bringing. We, we have new Zero jerseys. Why, you know we can get you a, a more updated shirt for this year, right? Yeah, but this is my good luck jersey. I mean, I don't need something new. I need something that works. Something that works. This one brings in the W's for the boys. That's what it's how many all wins about. Did, how many wins did they get in those jerseys? At least two. All right. But that's two more than I think they've got in the last three or four games that were in the other jerseys, right? Gosh, so dropped 11 out of 14. It just seems run. like it seems like last place is like they're like locked in right now, and I don't like that. I mean, there's like they're like landlocked. Yeah. Well, the thing that's concerning right now also for me, Chris, is the way they're losing games the last few days. In terms they had a of chance yesterday to pick up on yeah. the whole division. You know, the whole division <laughs> lost yesterday. Well, this was a big streak. I mean, they had 12 games in a row against interdivision uh, foes, right? And this was their big opportunity to try to do something. Obviously, it hasn't gone the way they wanted it to. Uh, but also, the fact that the pitching now is starting to give some ground, that's the thing that we I'm talked about like, that yesterday. Wow. The pitching yeah. was not going to pitch as well as it had forever, and you had to hope the offense would pick up the slack. And right. when the offense keeps producing or lack thereof with the production that it had been, and the pitching starts faltering, now you've got both elements are just not up to par as opposed to one and the other, and it's been, it's been bad news. Yep. Um, yesterday's game in particular, uh, look what I'm going to do here. It was a pretty even flow the first five innings before Seattle proved the, the better man. Pearl Jam Felt good for five better innings cup, Get it there. Uh, I like get it. it. See nice. what I did there? Nice, yeah. uh, eventually ended up being with that 9-3. Uh, that Very to West three. Coast of you. Yeah, I'm trying. I know. Uh, and ended up, ended up being a 9-3 to three, uh, Mariners win. Now, uh, we were reminded again of what a good offense can do in Seattle where even when the Padres are clicking at their best, they don't have that the big bat, you know, the, the Sager, the Nelson Cruz, or we saw a couple home runs yesterday that can really be a death blow, a knockout punch, and the Padres haven't exhibited the opportunity to do that yet. Um, Actually, let's go to what Andy Green had to say yesterday because Andrew Kashner, I want to get to him primarily first because he did have those great first five innings. Then the wheels fell apart. It started with what seemed like an innocuous catcher's interference. Andy Green was asked after the game if that had any uh, bearing on Kashner's performance falling apart later on in the sixth. Uh, I don't think it got in his head, per se. I thought he threw the ball really well all day. I thought the sixth inning was probably a poor pitch selection to go with the changeup to uh, Seager right there. Uh, 
Outside of that, you know what? I thought he threw the ball really, really well. There's not much to look at. He used both sides of the plate today. He buried his slider, uh, mixed in his changeup. Thought he was great. Uh, sixth inning with the catcher's interference and kind of just the, the pitch to Sieg would be the only one in my mind that we'd have back. All right, so uh, you guys let us know uh, the question I'm about to ask you gentlemen both uh, using hashtag PadresSH as always, or you can jump on the conversation happening live at Padres.com slash social hour. I mean, so you have Cashner falls apart in the sixth, then Maurer later just blows the doors open in the eighth with that five-run inning. With Cashner, who disappoints you? Who frustrates you more? Because with Cashner, <laughs> Andy Green there, he says it well, didn't get in his head. He pitched really well. We just want one pitch back. But I feel like every time Cashner starts, this is what we're saying. He pitched great except for that one inning where he fell apart or those two innings where he made those mistakes. And eventually, that's, if that's what we're saying every time out, when does that become the norm? And Brandon Maurer is I mean, someone else. Yeah, so that I is mean, the norm. I mean, you say it every time. You said it right, Mike. Andrew Kasher pitches well almost every time out, but he loses almost every time out. I mean, Bob, I mean, I think you can speak to it as a pitch. You've got to find a way to win that ball game. And I disagree with Andy Green. I think that the catcher's interference did get into his head. I don't expect my manager to tell everybody that in a post-game press conference. But I think the catcher's interference was something that, that bothered him for another hitter or two. And I think that you saw the results of that inning. And I, you got to pick up your teammates sometimes. That's what winning teams do. And I, I didn't see that yesterday from, from Andrew Kashner. You know, you bring up an interesting point, Chris, which is that I don't know that the catcher's interference necessarily consciously bothered him. But we have seen over the last couple of years Cash have a lot of things thrown at him in terms of things that he needs to pitch over. And there's times where you do need to pitch over mistakes. And last year, he wasn't able to do that. It seemed like the, inning in the, the error in the first inning always turned into two or three runs. Right. Uh, we've seen that a couple of times this year. There have been a couple of times this year where I feel like he's done a better job of pitching over some mistakes behind him. So I was hoping that he was turning the corner on that thing. But I think yesterday we just saw a combination of, you know, the, whether you call it an error, nothing innocuous. You know, there, there's nothing little when it comes to <laughs> catcher's interference, errors, misplays. And, and it's not With just this offense, yeah, every mistake is magnified. It is. And it's not just this play here yesterday. When you look at the last, this run right here, losing 11 of the last 14, almost every one of those losses, there's either been a recorded error, and there's definitely been at least one misplay where a double play doesn't get turned, uh, a routine play doesn't get made, a fielder's choice that could turn into an out doesn't. Innings are getting extended, runs are crossing, pitches are being thrown that don't have to be thrown, and at some point it's going to take a toll on guys. And I think, you know, you look back at that inning with Cash, and it, there's nothing innocuous about the, the catcher's interference in terms of giving a free base runner to start off an inning. And that being said, yeah, I, I think there's a sense of frustration also in terms of we know what Cash is. We know the athlete that he is. We know the power arm that he has. And at some point you feel like, hey, is he going to be able to put it together? It's getting uh, tougher and tougher to say, wow, he might turn into a seven inning. Yeah, game. I actually want to delve into that a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk about Cash and a couple other guys where, you know, is this what they are at this point or uh, can we expect them to still improve? So uh, stay tuned for that a little bit later. Another arm that struggled yesterday uh, was Brandon Maurer, who comes on in the eighth inning and allows those five runs to come through. And you sent a tweet out yesterday, Bob, during the game that actually caught my attention about Maurer. And uh, here's what that tweet said. Uh, Shame that Maurer has not been the same since being overused last year, end of June and early July. Hope he can find his dominance again. So that led me, obviously I wasn't here last year, to go back to the game logs and take a look at how much Maurer was used. And uh, end of June, early July, so this is a stretch I think you're referring to. He pitched on June 23rd, 25th, 26th, 28th, then July 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 6th, and 8th. I'm guessing that was kind of the main, the main strip there. 
we talk all year, though, about how, you know, these young pitchers, we can't be babying them. You know, the wussification of the game and arms needing all this extra rest they didn't have to. What, what are you seeing for a young guy? I mean, is, th is that overuse for a reliever coming in an inning uh, every couple days or back-to-back -back days? Well, I saw a trend last year. And, and remember, he's a power-type, you know, back-end bullpen guy. He's not a finesse guy. So he was used a lot, and rightfully so. You understand why he w they wanted to use him. He went a streak of 24 outings, allowing only one earned run. Hey, if I'm the skipper, I want to go to that guy <laughs> as well, right? That being said, at the beginning of June, he was used nine out of 14 days. Then he got three days off. They came back and started that next stretch, which you mm -hmm. properly referenced, where, again, it was nine out of 15 days. So you had two streaks in a row of this kid going out there, going out there, a guy that didn't pitch a whole lot the previous year. I think he only had 36 outings um, and was a little bit of a starter, a little bit of a reliever. So, in other words, he's learning the bullpen role. He's a power guy. I understand you want to go to him, but you also have to be aware, and there were telltale signs, not with the velocity, but with his command. And I actually saw it and, and spoke to him about it last year and said, hey, you know, just be careful. And the reason I was sensitive to it is because I went through it myself when I was with the Cubs. I had a nice run. Skipper started using me all the time, and I felt it. I felt myself starting to go. But as a young guy, you want to take the ball. And I think at some point you have to take it away from him uh, and, and be careful of those extended stretches where you don't get more than two or three days off because guys – They'll, they'll keep taking it as long as you that phone rings and, and you ask him to take the pill. That's, I mean, I just wish he's only 25. I w you'd like to think that after maybe easing him up the end of the season and then having a whole off season that he'd be able to get past that. But I guess that's something where maybe if you get burned out a little too early, it lasts. I don't so think he's burned out, but I don't I, either. I, I think, the, you know, one of the things is, is what's his role, too, on this year's team? I mean, he's, he's normally the eighth inning guy when you're leading a ball game to set it up for the save for Rodney problem is he hasn't been in that situation for yeah so and if long. he continues performing the way he has he's not going to be in that situation either yeah right? I, I don't right, think well he's burned out I'm not trying to suggest that he is I'm just saying sit that, that started a downward cycle from last year we ended up on the DL and it's, it's taken a while to get back locked in he's got the stuff that the velocity's not down but the fastball command hasn't been as consistent so far yeah and we'll have to wait and see what they do we'll talk about him later too with Castro and that whole thing we talked about yeah. if and when he can be fixed uh, zombies are descending on Petco Park for zombie day on Tuesday June 7th it's a week from today purchase a special theme game ticket package to catch the game against the Braves at 710 and get a limited edition Padres themed zombie bobblehead tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. When we come back, we are going to do a little uh, travel agency booking. That's going to be fun. Don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. 1240, less than an hour away from first pitch. James Shields taking the hill for the Padres against Hisashi Iwakuma. Before the Padres come home for an eight-game home Big stand. game, Hashashi. Is that that doesn't really roll off the no, tongue that, that roll easily? Off the no, tongue too well. I wonder how you say big game in Japanese. <laughs> if you, I was gonna say if you said in Japanese, in Japanese it might work better. Smooth yeah. as silk. Yeah, yeah, silky off the tongue. Uh, it is game two of their uh, last uh, the two games set in Seattle. Padres don't go back there. Uh, we're gonna check in on the weather up in Seattle. It's the Maui Gym Weather Report. All right. Up there right now, uh, as we look here at San Diego, it's actually a nicer day right now up in Seattle. It's 70 degrees now and sunny, only partly cloudy. Expected a high of 77 degrees. The roof is open at Safeco today, so it should Love be it. some nice day baseball to take a look at here in a little bit. By the way, Chris, favorite uh, outdoor or dome stadium? My favorite, favorite dome Safeco? stadium? Yeah, a roof. Roof stadium, I should roof say. Roof stadium. Yeah. 
Protractable, yeah. yeah. I, I think Seattle's a nice For sure, yeah, I agree. I haven't it been is. there, but I've heard very, yeah. very good. Even when it's closed, beautiful. you feel like you're outside. I so. went to a game at the Kingdom once. That was the worst. <laughs> That's like being in a toilet bowl. <laughs> that it felt was like easily the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thankfully we're past <laughs> that, that era. We're past that era of baseball stadiums. That's the Maui Gym Weather Report. At Maui Gym, they believe in the beauty of the world, that every color, every detail deserves to be seen clearly with lenses that eliminate glare and make colors pop. Maui Gym sunglasses don't shield your view of the world. They bring it to life. Awesome color, glasses. clarity, detail, Maui Gym. Love them. Speaking of Seattle, this is, as I mentioned, the second game of a two-game series, the last time the Padres will be up in Seattle this year. And I thought, and I put this poll out earlier on my Twitter. You can find it at Mike Janella or searching hashtag PadresSH. The Padres visit uh, four American League cities this year. So they do their normal National League home and aways. Then they have Seattle. They also go to uh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Or it's in a different order. They go to Baltimore in June, then Toronto in July, and Tampa in August. So I thought, of all those cities, Seattle included, which would you most want to go visit for a vacation, for a little weekend getaway? And I put that poll up, mm -hmm. and I want to get your guys' opinions on it. And uh, right now, the poll as it stands – actually, I want to hear your first. I don't want to – to influence your I think vote. Bob's going to have so a better look go? at this because he's been to all these places. Well, but from a different ball. perspective, when you go to play ball, people think, oh, you just rent the car and you spend the whole day yeah, sightseeing, no. right? No, yeah, not necessarily. I didn't see a whole lot of those towns, but I've, I've seen a little bit of some of them. Where, where would you want to go, Chris? Well, I, I would knock out Baltimore and Tampa Bay just because I can't stand humidity. <laughs> and, and, I, and I've been to both, and, and the humidity just crushes me during They're the summer. The so they, I knock yeah. them right. off. Immediately if you're talking 50, 50, 50, about a, a, you know, a getaway vacation, I want to be comfortable. Toronto's a beautiful city, big-time city. But I think, honestly, and I've said this before, after San Diego, I've, of all the cities I've been to, I think Seattle's the most beautiful city in this country. It do, it's not as I beautiful as San Diego. Oh, but I have to say, if it doesn't rain, because that's the other issue with Seattle. As long as it's not raining – I'm taking the family to Seattle for a few days because it's really nice. Okay, how That's about you? That's not a bad call. Seattle is a great place to go. I love it. The only reason I might go to Tampa and fight through that humidity that you were talking about <laughs> is because there's a lot of fun things. You've got the beaches there. You've got is there sports a bush gardens or something. they got bush they gardens. Some, yeah, they have some fun. Uh, yeah, you can wrestle alligators. I mean, there's all, parks and yeah, things like there's that. Yeah, there's all kinds wrestle of – Wrestle alligators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's all kinds of fun things you can do <laughs> The over amount there of money Tampa, I would pay so. to watch Bob Scanlon in an alligator <laughs> wrestling fight, I don't know what yeah, that would, so, uh, limit would be. Either one of those, either one of those coasts, I think, would be a lot of fun. Well, pick one. You can only get to pick one. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going to go fight the alligators in, in Tampa for three in days. Tampa. But Seattle's beautiful. I, I love Seattle, All right, too. Blooper, great. anywhere you want to go. Blooper's back, by the way. Had his nice refreshing day off yesterday. Well, I wasn't upset. Here. I'm glad he Is got you? a nice day off yesterday. It was Bill Center that was upset that right. he wasn't here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, just wait till I just want that on the record. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> Bill was not happy that you he took He called me all, all angry. Yeah, yeah, he called – after we went off the air, he called Blooper on the phone and said, well, what are you doing here? Hey, did yeah, you get the daggers out of your back, by the way, or you no. still got some wounds in there? Still, okay. still there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, where are you going? Up I'm going to uh, Toronto, one of my favorite cities ever. Toronto's nice. I lived an hour yeah. away for eight years. Yeah, one of my Blooper lived in Buffalo for a while, so that's so, – yeah, Toronto's pretty, pretty much his backyard. Very yeah. clean, yeah. Love it. fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah. what's the poll say right now? The poll right now, and I'll give you my choice in a second. Right now, Toronto's in the lead, 46% of the vote. Seattle behind it at 34%. Baltimore, 11%. Tampa Bay at 9%. Uh, we are getting some comments that have been coming in. Um, I think we have Papa Squat here on Twitter. Uh, Philip Westland says, does this include dealing with uh, Seattle, with their fans? If so, Seattle is the worst. 
And Fans I, are bad in Seattle? Well, I asked him, and I said, what is it, you know, why? I've never been there before. Yeah. And he goes, well, I grew up in the Northwest. It must just be my friends that I grew up with. So maybe he just has a personal <laughs> He's hanging with a rough in. crowd up there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, William Lieberger says, Toronto has poutine, and that trumps all. So for him, it's going up there for... For the food. Well, right. when you put food in, then I think Baltimore and the crab cakes have to start entering the conversation. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's you know, not a bad so, call. I mean, Old Bay thing. sprinkle on top. Yeah. For me personally, it would be Seattle because I've never been, so I would want to go see it. I've never been to the ballpark. It's one you'd of the few it. I haven't been to yet. Yeah, you'd enjoy um, it. So that's one, I think, my personal realistic pick. But Toronto, I mean, I've been many times, and I, I love Toronto. It would be my number one. But I think Baltimore and Tampa, I'd, yeah, I'd scratch those. I think humidity is to do it all those places. Yeah. Uh, very I can't. I can't deal with humidity. The I, I'm Southern California all the way, and humidity just beats me. <laughs> Understood. Beats now you me. now you know. Um, all right. So again, hashtag PadresSH. Let us know which of those four you'd go to, and head to my poll. It's at Mike Janella. You can also find it using the hashtag. Right now, Toronto in the lead. Uh, by the way, we have the near final results of our poll from yesterday. What was the Chris? poll? The poll yesterday. Well, we had a fantasy draft here. Okay. We were holding a barbecue. And you got to pick three food or drink items. We did a snake draft. Bill Center picked first, Chris second, me third and fourth, vice versa. We had three rounds. Uh, we, before we reveal the results, Bob, you can vote here. Uh, so Bill ended up with ribs, sausage, and a, a peppers and onions combination. Ooh, no, won't go there. I had hot dogs, hamburgers, and beer. And Chris had guacamole, pulled pork, and ice cream. Whose barbecue are you going to? I'm going to his. <laughs> yeah? Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Pulled pork. I mean, I like the ribs and everything, but I can't do the bell peppers, so I'm all over... Uh, what, what Chris I has going guacamole on guacamole at a barbecue? I love guac guacamole. The chips, are you kidding? Imperative. Oh. That was his first see, round pick, too. I was, it blew my mind. That was totally know, my maybe, first maybe round pick. Maybe San Diego thing. I don't know. But I, see, that's guacamole. what I think Mike yeah. missed out on the San Diego yeah. part yeah. of the house. I'm big guacamole. Oh, hamburgers, hot dogs. I have beer that no one else does. We're having a fun time. But you also put ketchup on a cheesesteak. That's true, and it wouldn't, so I, don't I would have yours. lots of ketchup <laughs> on the hot dogs and hamburgers, too. Blooper, uh, whose barbecue would you go to? I'd actually go to yours. Thank you. Beer, the, hamburgers, the, hot dogs. Beer, yeah. As long as you don't put ketchup on the hot dog, you're good. I put it on mine, but you can put it on yours. That's a patriotic barbecue. Oh, he was, whatever really, you want. He was really excited about winning this thing yesterday, so he was, he was, he was campaigning oh, the sure, entire sure. show. As Campaign, the polls yeah, close I'll on it, uh, Chris came in last place, 24% of the vote. That's All right, great. I'm proud of those 24. For us. I'm proud of those 24 percent out <laughs> Bill, 37 percent, and I garnered 39 percent of the votes. People coming okay. to the best barbecue. You fans know what you're talking about, after yeah, all. all so thank you. He was in. No, he said I was doing that because at the beginning, the guacamole was ahead. Yeah, Chris oh, is like 50 percent of the vote, and then it plummeted. Like, yeah, then people came to their senses. Is what happened. That's that's really what happened. So let us know about the new poll today about the travel. It's again, it's Seattle, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Baltimore, where you'd I most like to some, go. I brought some guacamole today, and I wasn't going to give him you? any. You should have. Bob would have appreciated it. Yeah, the Padres are on a mission to create a world without cancer, and you can help. Join Padres Pedal the Cause, a two-day cycling challenge on November 12th and 13th. You can get involved by riding, fundraising, or volunteering. Anyone can ride, and rides range from 12 to 162 miles. Visit gopedal.org to learn more and to register today. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some expiration dates on a couple of Padres players. I'll explain what we mean when we come back on Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Who else is on that list? We are back. Padres and Mariners coming your way in less than an hour's time, and we're getting you set until then. Welcome back to the AMR studio. 
Uh, still, Toronto in that poll is the uh, heavy favorite right now on the four American League cities the Padres are visiting this year that you would most like to visit. They have 46% of the vote. Uh, let us know on Twitter what you'd like to think. Bloopers telling, trying to tell no, me something. Did you know? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something. Uh, it's <laughs> the only place the Padres have never played. Toronto I did know also, that. So that yeah. might be a reason why people want to go there. I've never been. Maybe, yeah. You can go catch a Padres game while they're there this year if you want to make it. It's an uh, international God, sport. I feel it's for nice. those yeah. long-suffering Padre fans living in Toronto. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> Finally <laughs> this year yeah. they're going to come to town after all of these years. You know, the players used to go there because there was this place you'd go and they'd give you free polo shirts. It was awesome. They had this big warehouse. You'd walk yeah. in there. They'd just hand you, yeah, you'd just walk through, grab this, grab that. Guys would walk out. They'd come to Toronto with a whole suitcase, empty suitcase, fill it up with goodies to bring back home. And wow. I was all fired up. I went and did my shopping spree and everything, and I got home and realized that the uh, extra large in Toronto was different. It was the European extra large. Yeah. Oh, so I had a bunch of size medium like shirts. Yeah, 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 sitting all up here like this. So. The perks of being a pro ball player, just yeah. walk into a warehouse and people give you free How about it, right? Yeah, like, nice. like you need yeah. to uh, get You guys stuff. really need free exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some people chiming in. Uh, Padres Geeks are saying uh, she wants to go with Baltimore, though, which right now is struggling in the poll. She'd love to visit all the ballparks and can't wait to see the stadium that started the retro trend at Camden Yards. Yeah, yeah for sure. Camden Definitely Yards is nice. I've been there once. Kicked off quite the generation of ballpark. Not a good place to pitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're there as fans, not as not as That pitches. warehouse looks real close, doesn't Super it? Super close, especially when the, the fence was about this tall. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right, time now to put you guys in the Cholula hot seat, the two of you gentlemen. And we're going to play a little game, Alex. Uh, like, we'll call it expiration date, as I mentioned. We talked at the top of the show, Andrew Kashner and you, Bob, saying, you know, and you too, Chris, is he just what he is at this point? Can you correct it? Is it anything that we can now see Kashner evolve and develop and Maurer the same thing? So I'm going to give you guys a couple of Padres, and you tell me if you think they basically are what they are at this point, we've reached past the expiration date, or if they can still be changed for the better and really reaching that potential that we would like to see them reach. Let's start with Andrew Kashner. This is a guy whose numbers this year are nearly identical to his numbers last year. Uh, this year, though, people were expecting him to improve and get better. Yeah. Is this the Andrew Kashner now at 29 years old that we're going to be stuck with moving forward? I say, I say we would be stuck with him moving forward. I think if he went somewhere else and had a change of scenery, I think Andrew Kashner still has the stuff to be a better big league pitcher than he's shown. So I don't think he's completely done. I just don't know if he can do it here in San Diego. It seems to me that he needs a team that can score him five or six runs, never make an error behind him, you know, that kind of guy. And, and then I think he could pitch some great ball. But I, I just don't know that he's the, the right fit for San Diego. Just a disclaimer to start out with, in general, I don't ascribe to the philosophy that a guy is who he is and can't get any better in general. Okay. At, at any point in his career. I, almost at it. Not all, I just say in general, that's kind of where okay. I come from. Um, so, I, and I'm going to agree with Chris in that I think that there's a lot of upside left for Andrew Kastner. I think there's still a lot of positives there that, that he can still develop and work on and become a better pitcher. I don't even know that he needs to be a guy that is given five or six runs all the time. I do think a change of scenery is going to be important for him. I think he'll get it. I think he'll, I hope that he thrives when he gets to another place. And I still think there's a lot of upside left uh, in his career. Rightfield Mission tweeting in here saying, uh, all the problems with Kashner are not correctable. You either got it or you don't. That's uh, so wrong. As a starter, cash so is wrong. not money. So you, so you say no. Yeah, there's he always things you can do. He's got too yes. good of stuff to 
to stay like this for, for another three or four years. You know what the problem is? Once he does go somewhere else and maybe lights it up, then it's, oh, the Padres traded someone else I away know. before they could, you know, uh, cash know. in on it uh, to turn See, the phrase. See, but that's another but thing. You never – just because a guy can't do something in your uniform doesn't mean that he can't be successful somewhere else, and that's not necessarily an indictment on your coaching staff or anything by any means. There's just certain environments where guys just don't thrive. For example, Craig Kimbrell, he was not happy being in San Diego last year. He's not a San Diego guy. He had no interest in coming to San Diego, and I think it, it probably – affected his performance to a little bit and certainly would have over the long run, I think for him to leave was probably the best thing for him. Send Cashner back to Texas, man. Put him in like He'd Texas Ranger uniform. Yes. That guy starts exactly. to win. Gets seven, eight runs a ball game. I mean, he wins you 12, 15 Send the trade games. proposal now. See what they say. See if they pick up our well, calls. Yeah, that's the, that's the key is get me something back in return. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Another guy we touched on earlier in the show, Brandon Maurer. He's a little bit younger, so maybe more time to try and correct whatever's going wrong. But is all the overusage maybe last year set him down a dark path that now he can't recover from? No, I think there's a ton of upside le left for Brandon Maurer. I can still see him potentially being a closer. He's got a great fastball, change-up, slider combination. Uh, all three of those pitches can be dominating at times. He's not afraid to use all three, even at the back end of the bullpen. I think he's got a ton of upside left, and I think we'll, we'll, I'm hoping we'll still see it in a Padre uniform. I agree, and I, I think when the Padres are winning and they have that 7-8-9 combination going well, and it hasn't happened enough, but I think Maurer fits in well in the eighth inning, which leads me to believe that he could be a ninth-inning guy someday. And they were clicking for a while, the Bookter, Maurer, Rodney, when this team was yeah. doing well for that little stretch a couple of weeks ago. I, I know people like to downplay that about what's your role in knowing when you're going to the game. It helps. It makes a difference yeah. for guys. Is I he mean, done being a starter, though? He's a reliever now for good? Uh, I think he could have started. I think he still has the stuff to start it, as I mentioned, three quality pitches. But I think at this point he can be an absolute dominant ninth, eighth and ninth-inning type guy. I don't know that I would mess with him at this point. But if a team needed him to start, I think he could – eventually make uh, that transition. This team might with all the injuries. Yeah, I think he'd just be more <laughs> dominant in the eighth or ninth inning, personally. Chris, you think he's done? His starting days are done for sure? Starting days? Yeah. yeah I, I just like him one inning at a time. So, so, he, so, so yes. I stay where he is. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Um, how about moving over to the offensive side? Uh, Derek Norris, an all-star appearance on his resume, but now this year we're seeing the longer and longer we get into the season and he's still hitting below the Mendoza line. What's the deal with him? You going to start that one off? <laughs> Well, I'm going to start off by saying I think this is Derek Norris. I, I, I don't see a lot of improvement in Derek Norris. I, I think this is Derek Norris. I, I think that the Padres maybe overreacted to the fact that he made an all-star team. You, look, you make an all-star team, it means you had two and a half good months. Yeah, That's that, all it really means. And yeah. I, I just I, – I don't – defensively, I'm not comfortable with Derek Norris back there. Throwing out runners, I'm not comfortable with Derek Norris back there. And I don't think he's got the bat to make up for it. Interesting. Uh, I agree with you completely on the all-star label. Like, who cares? Like, you can have a hot couple of months and make an all-star team. To me, that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. That being said, I think there's still upside in his bat. Um, I think he's shown that he can be a big league hitter. I think the league has adjusted to him and what he was doing successfully. He was really killing off-speed pitches, at least when he first came over to the Padres, and the rest of the league figured it out. So now he's got to adjust to getting to the fastball. Um, but I think he can still be a force at the plate. I think he can still provide some power. Uh, defensively, I think he is what it is, but he's gotten a little bit better. But um, I think there's still more in the bat. I think he's having a tough time right now, but I think he can be he can be fixed. So he's, to speak. he's 27. This is right, supposedly the year that guys make a big leap. It's been statistically is, yeah. proven, and yeah. he's going the opposite direction. Statistically proven over a big sample size over a number of years, and you know, I think I don't look. I don't. He's not a, a guy though. When we yeah. talked about Cashner though. And we said if we traded Cashner, I'd be nervous that he'd go somewhere and win 15 games. I would not be nervous if they traded Derek Norris somewhere that he'd all of a sudden become a 300 hitter. 
Like, he's not going like, to be a 300 hitter, but I could see him still being a 15 to 20 home run type guy, a better hitter than what we're seeing now. Uh, and, a, you know, okay. that type of guy, especially you put him in a smaller ballpark, you put him in a Cincinnati or a Philadelphia or someplace like that, I think he becomes a But that's not happening force. here. He's not going to be hitting a ton of home runs here, but I think he can be a better hitter here than he is showing us right now. All right. Uh, so Chris thinks uh, – so let's recap. So Andrew Kashner, you guys both think he's got to just be somewhere else. Brandon Maurer, starting <laughs> days are done, but he can still be, I guess, Im- improved or put back on a good track. And Derek Norris, uh, Chris thinks pretty much we're seeing what we're seeing out of Norris and get used to it, whether he's here or somewhere else. Bob thinks there's still some salvation in there. I do, because I look at bat speed and stuff also, and I just, you know, I feel like there's still more in there. There's certain guys you just look at and say, that guy's never going to catch up to a major league fastball. He is what, it is, what he is, but I, I don't necessarily think that's the case with Derek. All right, uh, Norris, we'll get into the lineup here in a little bit, but uh, not playing today. We can have a whole other discussion about Christian Bethencourt. If he goes like three for four with two homers today, <laughs> then that temperature on the Norris hot seat, I'm sure, will only continue to increase. The temperature on your hot seat now is Fiend. It's over. Good job, guys. There, right. Yeah, you can relax now. Third degree burns, you okay? Uncap real flavor with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. We're going to take you right up pretty much to that first pitch today at 1240, so don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Again, it's Padres and Mariners, game two of a either two-game series or of a four-game series. We still haven't decided. Uh, I saw Bob last night, you also got, or yesterday, you also got involved in the batting around argument on Twitter, whether it's nine batters or ten, right? Did well, you as far as I'm there? concerned, as soon as the ninth guy steps into the batter's box around, and right? sees a pitch, you've batted around. Bad Welcome around. to Team Janela on that oh, one. Okay, I'm good. with you yeah, there. Yeah. Nice. We won't d- dive into it again because we've had this conversation okay. at length on the really? show earlier. Okay. Yeah. Who, who could possibly argue that the 10th tenth, the tenth guy's got to actually have a full A lot bat? of people. You'd really? be surprised. They're all wrong, but a lot of yeah, people. They're wrong, yeah, they're wrong. Okay. Uh, so good to know that you're <laughs> so on the team. knows nothing about yeah. it because it never happened to him. So he's not really a good guy to Is go to. Is that true? Not in the last 10 years. There we go. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup, and it's presented by Water and Sports Physical Therapy, the official physical therapists of the San Diego Padres. So you've got James Shields, who now is in quite the stretch. He's in quite the groove lately, uh, getting that ERA down near 3. It's at 306. Still no run support for him, what he would give to have that uh, Christian Friedrich 10-run outing from the other night. Uh, two and six record for him against Hisashi Iwakuma, who's trying to get to 500 with a win this year himself. Uh, high whips for both of these guys. We might see a lot of base runners, and Iwakuma with an ERA north of 3. How do you guys see this one uh, shaping up? Can Shields do enough to maybe eke out a one nothing win, a 2-1 to win? Because that's pretty much all we can expect from the well, offense. Well, Eo has given like. up three or less runs in his last three starts. So he's starting to pitch a little bit better, and that's just in time to face James Shields, who never gets any runs. What, 1.95 runs per start, which yeah, is the yeah. lowest in the major, major leagues. leagues. That's yeah. crazy. And, and it does seem like the, the wheel of misfortune always falls on one starter every year, right? And this is James Shields' year. But how about a breakout today, five or six <laughs> runs, and James Shields pitches a good game? I also think 
there's a little more to this pitching matchup because James Shields' name's been mentioned a little in the trade rumor. There's got to be a lot of scouts looking at James Shields' pitch today, don't you think? Oh, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows that he's on the trade market, and uh, he's been throwing well. He's two, two runs or less in his last three outings. He's hitting his stride. It's perfect timing for the Padres if you're looking to move him. A lot of people are going to be looking. Ishikawa, for his part, interesting. I saw in it, looking at his stats inside, he's done a great job of controlling the middle of lineups. Three, four, five, six batters have hit under 200 against him so far this year, but the number one and two guys are hitting over 400. The seven, eight, and nine guys, you put all that in combined, they're hitting about 360. So this could be one of those games where John Jay, Will Myers, Bethancourt, uh, Travis Jankowski get an opportunity and might have the best opportunity to contribute today and give James some of those runs that uh, we'd like to see him get. Yeah, we'll get to that lineup uh, here in just a little bit, so don't go far for that. But, yeah, it could be interesting. Usually, obviously, the middle of the order is what gives guys problems. Yeah. But the Padres <laughs> maybe can maybe flipping that around is what gets them some runs today for do once. Do the Padres have a middle of the – well, yes, they do. <laughs> they, have, they have a three, four, five guys listed Literally, there. It doesn't they matter. Do as long as he yeah. thinks there's a middle of the lineup yeah. – because he bears down on those four guys he gets and the rest guys. of the guys he doesn't care about. Yeah, so. he's only faced the Padres once in relief as a rookie. So maybe he'll think this is just, yeah, an everyday lineup. Yep, and then he'll, he'll be confused <laughs> enough to make it work out. Water and Sports Physical Therapy, San Diego's leader in aquatic and land therapy with seven convenient locations. Visit waterandsportspt.com. Before we do get to today's lineup here in a little bit, uh, last night, we talked about this. You were on the show yesterday, Chris. Great sports night. NBA, Western Conference, Finals Game 7, Stanley Cup Finals Game 1. And... This was weird because we've had a lot of talk about trades and opting out of contracts and stuff this week here in the baseball side. And after the NBA game last night, everyone talking, well, not everyone, half the people, was that Kevin Durant's last game in Oklahoma City. Like, this guy just re-signed his contract, didn't he? And it was only back in 2010, a five-year extension. And it got me thinking about the different sports and how the players are uh, treated in terms of their contract extensions, the length of them, the money, the cap, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to get your quick thoughts on if you prefer, say, the NBA system or a different sports system or MLBs, where MLB, it's kind of designed to have these guys stay in their hometown, but for the player, you got to wait a lot longer to cash in, but then you may get an Albert Pujols or a Josh Hamilton contract that kind of handcuffs your your franchise, or some might say a Matt Kemp contract for a while. NBA doesn't allow that, but then guys like Durant may leave earlier than you'd like. Which way do you like it better? Well, if I'm a player, I like what they do in Major League Baseball the best. I mean, the, the, the only my example to that is Melvin Upton Jr. I mean, if Melvin Upton Jr. can make that kind of money, then baseball's doing something that helps players out. I mean, now, now basketball, though, is a star system where the star player, I don't even know that basketball has any control over these players because basically Kevin Durant, he's going to call around the league this year, find out who he can get to go where he wants, and then try to put together a team like LeBron did in Miami <laughs> a few years ago. So that's kind of strange. I, 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 but you know. those teams can only last so long because the most you can sign a guy to is between four and six years, exceptionally at five and six, most of the time at four. But it seems to me in baseball, once you pitch three or four years scan, or once you play three or four years, if you can just have that one monster season, somebody somewhere is going to give you just an enormous contract. Yeah, it, it, I think the question comes down to, do you want to be set for life earlier in your career or you don't want to be just filthy god awful rich <laughs> at some point later on so i think there's flaws with both systems uh obviously i think it's better for the nba players because they reach free agency at an earlier point in their career whereas baseball essentially you are under the team's control for 12 seasons six years in the minor leagues if you get to the big leagues then you don't even get to arbitration for three years and you don't get free agency for another six sometimes even seven so for basically the first 12 years of your professional career 
you have no choice in where you go or have an opportunity to try to, to leverage your ability to get paid more. So that, I think that's a big problem. Now, like you said, Chris, if you do survive that gauntlet, if you do survive you know, that, that 12 years and you get to free agency, and if you guys do, then you can break the bank, but the NBA guy, NBA guy can actually get his family set and get paid and have a choice of where he wants to play much they earlier in his career. So I think set, no, not, not if you're sitting in the minor leagues no. for six years playing behind somebody, right? Making well, what does basketball even have in the minor leagues? They, they don't have, have a minor league. league. Well, they have the D it's, league. It's completely different. What, yeah. You come right out of college and you sign your signing bonus. So they're right, both if you're in the D league, yeah, you're not even yeah. thought of as a potential superstar. Right. There's uh, both elements of them that are completely un-American. <laughs> well, in terms of having professional a sports of in general, go. yeah, antitrust right. and the but way I'm drafts not, are given awarded right. to for failure. I, but I'm not trying to complain because all these guys, if you do well, you will get compensated at a level that most people can only dream of. What do you, as a fan, what do you like? Do you like the fact that your owner can give a guy a 12-year contract, or do you like the fact that you know what? If we cap it at four or five, they won't do anything dumb, but we also might lose our guy. Hey, a lot if earlier. I'm a fan, I don't like the way it is in baseball because I think too many guys get paid for what they've done and not for what they're doing. See, I, I understand that, but as a fan, I don't care. I want to try to keep my players in place, and the baseball system, I think, keeps guys in place longer, so it's less likely that you're going to have your favorite player leaving. In the NBA, it's much more likely that that guy's going to leave. That's true. I mean, there's, there's so no as doubt. Far as I mean, in the when I buy this jersey, I know that I got a better chance of being you able to wear this chance. for the dance. You have yeah. a better chance. Yeah, it's still not a great chance, but uh, yeah, not a great chance. It's, it's just crazy. Like you think, I mean, LeBron James is making less than Zach Greinke by like six million, seven million dollars. Which, if you thought, if you think, if LeBron had a system like the MLBs, what would he? What would he possibly get, or Steph Curry, on a yearly basis? It's yeah. crazy. Well, as soon as you put a cap in, it's un-American. As soon as you put in limits on how long a guy can sign a contract for, it's yeah, but LeBron's driving it's a key. antitrust. LeBron's driving a Kia. I, 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 I don't know what Grinky's driving. <laughs> that's true. He's got so a great deal on the Kias, doesn't he? Might have he? a better deal. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right, let us know. Uh, we've got a lot to talk going on right now. We've got the travel cities where you want to go to. We've got, if you like the contract situation better in MLB or some other sport, hashtag PadresSH. Let us know what you think. We will get to that starting lineup when we come back after. After this, but first, a reminder that Party in the Park, presented by Southwest Airlines and supported by Las Vegas, returns this Friday with a beach-themed party. Take your guacamole to that, Chris. Take advantage <laughs> of the $5 happy hour specials and kick off the weekend right. Stay for the action as the Padres take on the Rockies at 740. Get tickets today at Padres.com slash party. I'm, bringing, I'm on Saturday's show. I'm bringing guacamole, but I still am not sure whether I'm going to let you try some. Try and stop me from trying stuff. You got to get to that lineup when Chris. we come back after this make on McCombert. Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. We'll get to today's lineup here in just a second. Uh, I mentioned at the very end we have a lot of things going on folks can chime in on, and I actually didn't realize the poll that I had started earlier in the show on which of the four American League cities the Padres are visiting this year you'd most like to visit. I thought I had it set to be on for the duration of the show. Yeah. I did my math wrong. It's already closed. So oh, sorry, wow. guys. We're trying to vote on that. My apologies. Uh, I don't we'll think stop promoting that. Yeah, I guess. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, we can go to the final results. Uh, Toronto won with 47% of the vote. Great town. For people wanting Cat. to go yeah. there. Seattle at 33%. Baltimore and Tampa Bay with identical 10% tallies. So I think pretty much as we expected, Seattle, Toronto up there Great as towns, the two favorites. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have can't a lot go of fun there. 
But uh, yeah, you can't vote anymore. Sorry. Uh, I wish they would let you go back in and like reopen the ballots, you know, hanging chads and stuff. But uh, I guess not. All right, we're going to get to today's uh, lineup now, presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. We've got John Jay in center field leading off. Will Myers at first base batting second. Matt Kemp is DHing today after we thought that might be the case yesterday. Behind him, young Hervis Salarte at second base. Then it's Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Brett Wallace at third. Christian Bethencourt gets the start at catcher, so Derek Norris a day off. Alexei Ramirez at shortstop. Travis Jankowski in right field batting ninth in the American League uh, park today up at Safeco. Hey, am I alone in, in wanting to see more of Travis Jankowski play? No, you're not. I, and I think That's what Bill said here yesterday. Well, really? I think okay. that, and, and I think that, that I, I don't think you're alone in wanting to see all young players playing right now because yeah. – what they're putting out there isn't winning ball games. You don't, so let's at you least don't even know this, Chris, but we had a tweet come in during the break. This is how good you are at just being here. So our buddy uh, Ed, no nonsense, says, if we're going to field a losing team, why not load it up with youngsters and let them get experience? Tired of what we have now. Well, they're trying to do that. Part of that is getting some of those young players, which means moving some of your older players. So, yeah. you know, look. Like we've, well, like we've talked about before, June and July are going to be just crucial for this organization moving forward, both with the draft, where they've got a bunch of draft picks, and also what they can get back for some of these veterans that they're going to move. It's going to really create the foundation for this organization moving forward. So big, big, it's uh, big be time for the scouting I mean, I, department. I'm getting a little tired of picking up the paper every day and seeing Dickerson and Renfro and all these guys just seeming like they're red hot and just you know smoking the ball. I mean, yeah, what's Dickerson hitting streak up to now, like 28 I mean, games? I mean – doesn't this organization have to be concerned about what they're going to sell this fan base in July, August, and September? I mean, it, you I'm, can't you can't sell them a pennant race. I'm personally so you have to sell them some hope for the future. I'm I'm personally not that interested in what what you're, okay. So what you're selling, in other words, do you need to have a winning ball club July and August? No, I I need to look at how I'm going to win a championship. It's probably not going to happen in the next couple of years. I'm looking at 2018, 2019 with some of the names that you mentioned, some of the names that we don't even know that are going to be here in terms of the draft and guys that we get back. So I think uh, that's really the window that, that I'm looking at in terms of championship baseball here in San Diego. It's going to take a couple of years, and we're just starting yeah, the process. Yeah, but you do have to, Bob, you have to fill some seats the rest of 2016. See, now, I, I'm not a guy that believes of, of straddling the fence. I'm not a, I'm not, not, when it comes to rebuilding an organization, I personally am not a fence straddler in terms of, well, we're kind of going to do a rebuild, but we kind of want to win games. I feel like you either go for it or you don't. No, I think you can put people in the seats by rebuilding now and putting yeah. young players out but you don't have them today to put out what, there. They're you not ready. You well, gotta. You there's, no sure? there's no spot there's, for them as long as you're paying exactly. someone twenty million gotta, dollars. Exactly. You're not going to be bringing a guy in. What are you going to do? Just you know, Melvin, sorry, we don't need you. John Jay, Matt, whatever it is, because I've got to make sure that Hunter Renfro plays with out that, there. Basically, uh, yeah, that's just, <laughs> you're just not being realistic. <laughs> that's okay. We don't need we don't need reality here on the couch. Sorry, every time I see Melvin Upton loaf after a fly ball, I no, you can't. You got to give Melvin some credit. He's played some good defense this year. He's played better than we expected. Yeah, played a little bit. All right, time for you now to try and play better, Chris, than yesterday. But that's because you had no choice yesterday for our Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. Play yesterday. Didn't play at all. <laughs> That's because Blooper wasn't here, and he did not trust his replacement to make his pick in the Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. Wow. Chris didn't like that. Bill didn't like that. Chris thinks it's because Blooper's ducking him. Yeah. Like Clubber Lang in, in Rocky <laughs> Three. Well, I, I, I ducking me, winning, man. I have a winning record against Yeah, one him, of only so two people with a winning record against Blooper. So here's my, what I have to say. Oh, go my ahead, My replacement, Blooper. Cole, knows nothing about baseball. 
So I didn't want to get him on there, and he'll, he'll mess up. I mean, I have a good record. Blooper, you've got like an eight-game lead. I mean, he could have selected uh, somebody. See, what I don't understand is why it's like a manager that gets kicked out of the ball game. You're still sending the instructions to the dugout. You couldn't have given could a have name done for that. somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you no, you did not think of that. So here's what I'm going to do, because I like you, Chris, and I feel bad that you lost with your guacamole pick yesterday. I'm making today's pick a two-pointer. It's a money ball. Oh, wow. So you get a chance here. You guys are still making one pick as usual, okay. but you get a chance to get double the points. Now, be careful because if you lose, then you will all of a sudden be below 500 against Blooper this year. Ooh, I like that. I won't Talking lose. some smack. <laughs> now, the bad news for you is that Blooper gets the first pick today. Oh, and he's going to take my pick. He, he did might. That to me so the other Blooper, day. who do you got? I'm going to go uh, Jankowski. All right. Well, he didn't take my pick. Not often you get the number I'm nine saying. hitter in the lineup as the first pick in the head-to-head -head challenge. And I haven't but. picked the starting pitcher yet, but I think this is a day for James Shields. So. I like it. I like it I a lot. I, I, I hope it goes better day. than my pick of a starting pitcher the other day. Yeah, you didn't Cesar work out Vargas, well. yeah. That didn't work out One and well. two-thirds. <laughs> what was it, seven runs? A seven you were out. Yeah. You were eliminated. You know what my, my theory was? Go big or go home because they're facing And you Granky. went home. Granky was going to get everybody out anyway, so what am I going to do? Pick a hitter that maybe yeah. gets one hit more. You know, he gets a double as opposed to Seth's guy getting a single. So I said, I'm going to go assessor and try to nail this thing. Right, it didn't so play it's out. Shields versus Jankowski with two points on the line today. Double luck, the options. Oh, I got it. See if the couch can close the gap. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. It's almost game time. Come on back for the last moments of Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back. First pitch, a little less than 20 minutes away up at Safeco. Uh, we're wrapping up here, and the Padres uh, then come home for eight games. They get the Mariners for two, then the Rockies, then the Braves. Uh, this is a chance. They just had this murderer's row. Dodgers, Giants, uh, Mariners. D-backs, yeah. In the first place, D-backs, too. Maybe this is a chance to try and get some life the next week. Win some I games. Hope so. I yeah. hope so. I mean, Shields wins today. I mean, and I think you need to win today because you got King Felix starting off the homestand for Seattle tomorrow. So They've played better on the road than at home. That's going to be so. tough. But after yeah. that, I mean, the Rockies are in the in the midst of maybe parting with their manager. I don't know how, if Walt Weiss even makes it through the weekend here. And then, of course, the Braves have already parted with their manager. So maybe there's something that we can look forward to the next week or so. Yeah, yeah. some teams that may be ripe for the picking. Yeah, and a win today would get them in position to do just that. Tomorrow at 530, it's Bill Center and Jordan Carruth on the show. So make sure to tune in for that. Uh, Bob, maybe we'll get you a newer jersey next time. We'll see if this one wins. If this Check one wins, we're good, man. Thanks for watching. Padres Social Hour.